You're listening to The Classroom Collaborative Podcast with your hosts, Dee Dee Wills Ed Brock And Adam Peterson Here we go We're so glad you're here Let's get started Hey everyone, welcome back to The Classroom Collaborative Podcast Looking at Miss Dee Dee Wills right here How are you? I'm good <laughs> We've had a lot of, like, I, I just I had some conversations after our last episode if you guys haven't listened to it yet not about the podcast so much but i've had some good conversations with teachers about sound walls after we talked about that so um looking forward to discussing more that we're kind of staying on the literacy pathway this week uh found another amazing article um called how much phonics should i teach and I, i love that it the question was posed to the writer of this article um yeah from a second grade teacher, right? Like yeah. and we do a lot with kindergarten. We, we both talk about that quite a bit, but the question that was posed to this blog was, I keep hearing about the science of reading and that I need to teach phonics. I'm a second grade teacher. I'm okay with that, but there is a lot to teach in reading. I love how she worded that. There's a lot to teach in reading. How much of the time should I spend teaching phonics? So Didi, pretend I'm that second grade teacher and you are is this Shan- Shanahan on literacy? Is that how you say that? Uh-huh. Tim Shanahan. Shanahan. Shanahan on literacy is where we found this. Um, what would your response be, Miss Dee Dee Wills? How much time? Well, I mean, my my response. Um, or is that even the right question? How much right. time? How much time? I guess that's that was also sort of his response also was, um, you know, can we, he, he said, can we look at the, can we look at your classroom kind of decide, right. I guess it depends on what we call phonics. Um, you know, he observed something that I also observe from time to time. Um, and I see a lot of things out there where phonics instruction is a little teacher instruction, handing out a worksheet, students fill it out, hand it in. Um, it, that's really just a phonics assessment. That's not really phonics instruction. And so it depends on what you're calling um, phonics instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, the science of reading wants it to be very explicit, um, and it's really active learning, not um, assigning working right. kind of stuff, right? It's not assigning phonics. It's it's actually working with phonics. And so um, his response, um, I thought, was pretty, pretty well. Um, of course, it is because it's Tim Shanahan, but mm-hmm. um, it was well-researched. He said he looked at 38 different um, studies, I believe is what he said, 38 different studies, and they range anywhere from 15 to 60 minutes a day, which is a huge difference. Right. Um, but he says, um, you know, it, it kind of depends on what, what you're calling it and how much overlap you have with other things that you're doing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, he said he likes to go with averages. So he said 30 minutes a day seemed to be um, kind of the, the um, what is it? The mean, the mean, is that the, me- the yeah. mode or the median? I, I guess it's the <laughs> mode and the median. Maybe see how much math should we be teaching them all those different day? things? <laughs> Why do they call them all those different things? Anyhow, <laughs> the mode and the median was 30. Um, and so, um, yeah. So kind of wanted to look at what what's actually involved in that. Um, and and does every student need 30? Um, so you'll have some students who catch on very quickly. They might do fine with 
the 15 minute range of things. Mm -hmm. um, but you're going to have some students who are going to need a lot more of that. So we kind of talked a little bit about how um, you have um, in your classroom, you have a whole population and statistically 20% of those students are going to have a language based learning issue. Right. So probably 30 minutes is not going to serve that group of students. Um, but that's the beauty of small group instruction. You can always bring that in for, for I, that. I was, I was going to say, that's why, uh, you know, you and I preach on that all the time, the success yeah. of small groups. And, right. and right. again, that's me preaching on that from not being in a public classroom right now. So I get that things are tough, but I know. one I of the know. things I've been running into when I'm out on the road and teachers, you know, that we get into that conversation about time and how to make, cause I'm, I'm doing a lot of work on small groups right now with, with, with my teach, play, learn workshops. And the, the question of time does come up just like this. Well, how do, how do I make it work? And, and I keep going back to the fact that when you strategically place your, your, you know, your, your, not your bulk of your lesson, but the, the pieces of your lessons into those centers. Like when you strategically place learning skills into centers, then, then you don't have to worry so much about the time because they're constantly practicing, constantly practicing. I love that you said right. they need that explicit, you know, practice with it. And, right. and that's what I try to get teachers saying, like everything that we're doing through teach, play, learn, or whatever type of style you're running is your kids are, are, yes playing games and doing activities but there's also some very very strategic instruction there's a lot of on. fluency practice and a yeah. lot of application being being used there so um, yeah i will preach on small groups all day and i love that, yeah. that, that they brought that up in here especially when the question was posed does that mean every child should be getting it and he says not necessarily right and, and right it's, it's true right. you have to think that way yeah and um you know he really talked about what what are those um he talked a lot about what are those activities that are really um, what should count as instruction, right? right? What really should count as instruction. Um, so phonics instruction should teach kids to hear the sounds, recognize the letters of the spelling patterns, and then connect the sounds to letters and spelling. Um, and the bulk of the time should be spent in decoding and spelling words. That's what the bulk of the time mm -hmm. should be spent on. It's the application. So instruction application, but it's being done together. Um, and so that's, you know, it, I, I know all of the research I've done into our science of reading program. Um, and I know all the science, the science of reading research that was gone into other programs that, right. you know, helped me form my ideas. Um, it really did come down to that explicit application of blending and segmenting. You know, we can spend a whole lot of time on phonemic awareness skills um, taught in isolation, um, as something separate, or we can bring it in and do it with our actual daily instruction. Right. I don't know if I, I'm, if I'm making sense, but no, totally. it, it, you know, if we're, if we're doing, if we're doing phonemic awareness, blending and segmenting as a separate time of your day, why not bring it in and make it part of your phonics instruction? We're always talking about how we don't have enough time. Why don't we double duty things? Mm -hmm. We don't have enough time double duty it, bring that in so that you can do that whole group as part of your phonics instruction um, and practice it on a daily basis where they're hearing the sounds, telling you the letters, you're, you're telling them the letters, they're telling you the sounds, um, they're hearing the sounds, writing the letter, right? So those are, that's really the whole, that's the juice. You right. know, when you squeeze the orange, that's the juice. That's what you want to get out of it. And so we should be spending most of our time with that type of instruction um, that's very supportive, um, that's very 
I want to say cyclical, but that's not the word, um, spiral so that they are not only learning what they learned this week, but they're also reviewing what they learned six weeks ago, six to eight weeks is what we need to keep that in that review cycle. Um, and so I love that his answer, um, was really validating. Um, but yeah, we can spend a whole lot of time in our classroom doing low leverage type of work. And that's those worksheet activities, right? So what, what are you, I mean, can I put you on the spot? Like, yeah. I know you've been going to the classroom quite a bit with this, this teacher and uh-huh. where, where you're at. What, what are you seeing as, I don't know if trend is the right word, but like with that style right now. So teachers that are listening to this and going, okay, but I still, what does that look like in my classroom? Do you have any advice? Sure. What, what are you seeing in, in, I shouldn't just keep saying that teacher, whoever you're working with, whatever her yeah. name is. <laughs> in, teacher in, exhibit A. Teacher exhibit uh, A's classroom. What are you, what are she, you noticing it, that's working okay. there? For so phonics? she is in a school that some of the teachers have been taught and sent to training through science of reading and some have not. She's okay. in the school. Uh, she's in the camp of some have not. She has not received any training yet. Um, formal training through an outside program. She's getting um, it from you, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So she's, she's getting it from me. Um, and so, you know, she has some components. She has the components because it's been given to her, but she hasn't had any training. Does that make sense? So she has the the program book, but she doesn't quite. And the problem is when you have the program book, but you haven't received the training, you don't know really what's most important, like what really needs to be emphasized because it's so much, they, they include everything. And some of those things are like, Oh, I can do that for like a minute, but these, I need to spend five minutes on, even though they might have some, some guidelines for those. But when we, when we were looking for those high yielding activities, those are the ones you want to make sure that you don't skip every day. You know, there's some activities, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, got started a little late. We're going to skip that. <laughs> right. Um, and so but these are the things you don't want to skip. And so I'll just run them through for everybody. What I um, have seen huge results from. All right. So we start off um, our kind of review with looking at slideshows slide. It's a slide deck. Um, it's a PowerPoint slide deck. So they see letters and they just do the path of motion. B says B, T says T. So they have maybe 10, 10 letters that they're going to give you the sound. Now, the point of this is, yes, if I ask my little cherub in first grade, what is that letter? They're going to be able to come up with it, but they might do some searching. You know, by right. searching, they'll be like, they'll look at it. They'll kind of search in their head. We want this automatic, like super fast. Or they look at the letter line and they're going A, B, yeah. C, D, E, right? Right. <laughs> right. Speed matters. So we're doing this in first grade, speed matters. So they do those. After that, there's a section of that slide deck um, that has um, blending practice based on whatever phonics skills they've learned thus far. So for these students, they're doing things with silent E and without. So they're seeing words with and without real words, nonsense words. We're going to be moving into, you know, using digraphs with all of those phonics skills. So as weeks go by, it continues to grow in in complexity, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're going to go ahead and do um, maybe 10 or 15 slides of that. And then sight words that they've learned so far, they could be words of this week and they can go all the way back to six weeks. So just those reviews. When they see the word, they're going to say S-A-I-D spell said, and I'll go on to the next one. So they're going to be lots of activity. It's not just, and everybody's doing it. It's not flashcards where some, you know, have some students who are like leading the, leading the class. Right. Um, everybody's doing it. You can see their arms are moving. They're tapping it out. So it's, it's multi-sensory, right? Yep. Um, 
after that, there's a couple other things we can do. Um, I can give them a sound and they're just going to, you know, I'll say, mm, and they say, M says, mm, and they're going to write it on their desk with their finger. Um, just doing that again, that path of motion. And so a lot of times we're hearing um, teachers are saying that handwriting is so bad. Everybody's starting at the bottom. Um, and so this is a great opportunity to refresh um, right. that handwriting inspect in instruction, even if it's first grade. We need it because I, I can tell you this whole class was all starting at the bottom. Um, and so they're again going through that path of motion. And the reason we're doing that is we know that the brain, um, through the research that's been done, um, especially over the last couple of years, that when we incorporate the path of motion, the ability to retain that letter and sound increases. So we want to make sure we're including that in the instruction. We do some, um, we'll do some orthographic mapping of words. That's a whole nother day that we'll, you and I can talk about orthographic mapping. Um, I think we did kind of talk about it on the sound wall, but anyhow, kind of um, then we go into dictation and the way that that looks is they're just writing essentially on a whiteboard. Um, I have a form that they're using so they can practice their handwriting at the same time, but I'm going to give them a sound. Um, they write the letter that makes that sound and then I show them the letter and then they write it again. So they hear it, they hear it, write it, um, and then see it and then write it again. Does that make sense? Yep. So we do six letters. Um, and if it, if there's two letters that makes the sound, they write both letters. Um, and like, you know, the k sound, they put the C and the K, thus they can put the S and the C. Um, so they'll do letter dictation, they'll do decoding. So based again on the phonics they've learned so far. So these are all decodable words. They're not going to be any trick words or any right. trick things. So, you know, for kindergarten, you'd be doing things like nap and, um, you know, um, tip. And of course, I'm going to think of everything ends with the P now, but um, <laughs> anyhow, so you have, you have a, a list of words and then you have a sentence that you write. Um, and again, you write it once, you see it, and then write it again. So they write the, um, the like a CVC word or a silent E word, adding blends and diagraphs in there as time goes on. And then um, the sentence is going to incorporate some decodable words with some phonics, uh, or not phonics, but sight words that they've already learned. So she's applying, applying, applying. Um, and the whole time, you know, we're, we're thinking about conventions as well. So as they write the sentence, you know, it starts with a capital letter and, you know, so we're, we're marking the capital letter or marking the period. Um, and it, it's funny because in first grade, I said, now, you know, make sure that you start with it, you know, reminder, start with a capital mm -hmm. letter. The first time I did it, um, I, I gave them that reminder. The second time I did the lesson with them, um, I had them use the checklist to make sure that they had it. I had a student check off that he had it. And then I went over and I said, you know, honey, is that a, is that a capital letter? Is that a lowercase letter? And he looked at, he had no idea what I was talking about. Uh -oh. <laughs> like no idea. And he's a first grade. It's so funny how we as teachers assume that they know what I'm talking about. Every little and basic thing. Yeah. Every little thing. And he's looking, I'm like, well, how would you tell if it's a capital? How could you check that? And he's looking at me like, no flipping clue lady. Right. And I said, well, let's look up, you know, we looked at the alphabet chart and we could see the capitals and the lowercase letters. And, you know, is it a difference of, I call it capital, his teacher calls it uppercase? uppercase right. I don't think so. Because I think that when everybody else is knowing, how do we start a sentence? Mm-hmm. You know, you're you kind of come into that. Oh, I oh I know what this is about. Right. He had no clue what I was talking about. So it's but you know what? The next day we did it, 
no problem. He had it. And the next day, no problem. He had it. So, you know, we get frustrated with these low leverage activities that we do in our classroom that take up a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Um, when we have these high leverage activities that we can just turn it around right then. Right. So looking at how you spend your time that all 30 minutes are not created equal. Um, how are you using those 30 minutes can make a huge difference in how students apply it. So that's what I was just going to say. So that everything you just mentioned, you're doing within a 30 minute block every single yes. day, strategically yes. same. I mean, roughly same time of the morning. It's, it's, I mean, if you think yes. about like morning routine, you know, yes. when we spend our time on our calendar or spend our time right. on the morning message. Now we're just, we're adding this. In. And I, I'm so happy. And I know this is one of those things that every teacher does, they're doing it, but to, to really have it like laid out and say, but look, you're covering writing, you're covering phonics, you're covering right. reading, you're covering sound, you know, you're covering right. so many things just by just, just by adding it all together. So adding it's, it's, it all together and it's fast. You want it to be fast. You don't want it to drag on. Um, nobody likes that. Right. Um, and you're watching your pacing is based on 60% of your class. So if you're going and 60% of your class is with you, mm-hmm. you're, you're at the right pace. If, if 10% is with you, you're going too fast. If 80% are with you, you're going too slow. So you're not waiting for every single student to get it before yeah. you ask, you give them the next word. So for an example, I have, I have a couple of students in there who are really struggling. I'm pulling them for small group as well. Um, but I said, you know what, my goal for you is I want you to put that first sound down. And if you can hear the ending sound, put that down too. So as I'm saying things, I want them, you know, they're not going to, maybe they'll get the vowel wrong in the word, you know, right. net or whatever. Um, I'm wanting them to hear those two sounds. That, that speaks wonders to the idea of small groups too, because we, we are yeah. both very much in the same idea that when you're doing that whole group, you know, everybody together doing this, you are teaching, you, you know, I believe you should be, you should be teaching to the top. I mean, you're pushing your kids and pushing your kids and you're teaching so that your highest flyers are soaking it all in and they're running. Yeah. And even though you're going to have to go back and reteach some things during small groups with maybe your, your ones that are struggling, at least they're being exposed to it, right? Like they're getting this right. exposure over and over and over again. And right. I, I think this is such an important thing to remember with, with not only, you know, your, your ELA block or your science of reading block, whatever you call it, but, but everything, I, you know, I, I remember when I finally realized, oh my gosh, how many math skills can we teach during our calendar time that take five right. minutes, right? Like we can work right. on greater than less than we can work on numbers in order. We can work on missing number. We can, we can work on, you know, counting backwards, counting forward. There's so many things that you can do throughout your day in every single subject that can tie together all of your subjects. Yeah. You know, I think there, there's no more just saying this is specifically phonics time, right? Like right. you're right. doing so much during that time so much at the same time while you're explicitly teaching phonics, I get it, but yeah. You're like right. you had mentioned, they're writing on their hand. They're talking about uppercase, lowercase. They're putting right. a sentence together. So it's, much that you're, I mean, you don't want to go too wide that all of a sudden now, you know, right. you've gone too wide, but you do have opportunities to make those little tiny of adjustments. As students who have that little misunderstanding of what we were talking about, they have it. I was going to say something else. I was going to say, you know, in the, in the days of old, you know, there was the, um, how old are you? Who says you know, that? In the days of old, there in was the days the, of old. Here's our spelling words. And then here's our spelling test on Friday. Right. Mm -hmm. And we'll have some sight words in there. And here's what happens. Anxiety. Well, first of all, if you were Dee Dee Wills, you wouldn't look at it until Thursday. <laughs> right. Thursday, you would cram. Friday, you would squeak by. And Monday, you would have forgotten. Um, so and and here's what is what is that I, really I was like telling, that with a lot of with a lot of things right what is it really telling the teacher 
Um, it tells, you know, who crammed and who didn't, mm -hmm. you know, it, it doesn't tell you who knows and who doesn't know. Right. It tells you who memorized. And we know when we memorize things, they don't stay with us. And knowing stays, memorizing doesn't. Yep. So when, when you teach in this way, you know, like I just talked about where you're, you're walking around and you're seeing by the end of the week, I mean, I was brand new to this class, but mm -hmm. like you know, I was pretty new by the end of the week. I knew who needed what mm -hmm. I had my, my groups made based on what I was watching right there. Right. And if, if I have students who aren't getting it, it's not because they need to do something different. It's because I need to do something different. Mm -hmm. Right. So when when students don't get it, it's not because they are the problem. It's because I need to do something different so that I make that instruction. We don't change the student. We change the instruction. Um, and so that was a great way for me to get like a, just a really good idea. Who has what? I mean, there's like letter confusions, B's and D's. God help us. I mean, we were all over oh. the place and this is first grade. Yep. So, you know, real quick tool we put on front in front of them. They were good to go after that. I could see them using it. They were good to go. Um, but in January, right. Can you imagine if this was the instruction, um, that they had access to on an ongoing August. basis, right? right? Um, you said something there that, that I, what was, Oh, when you talked about, you know, it's not always the, the student, sometimes it's us and what we need to change. That's something I've been, I have a quote in my, my keynote that I've been doing with schools that, um, and I cannot remember the name it's Ignacio. I can't remember the last name, but it's a quote that's out there and you know, it, the one that says, if a child can't learn the way we teach, maybe we should teach the way they learn. Right. And right, right. I keep telling teachers, I get it. That's, that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes, right? Like for, really for us to step back and admit that it's, it's not the kid, it's us. Right. But yeah, when you can finally admit that the, 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 the learning takes such a powerful turn. Right. And I'm not saying you're right. doing it. Like you have to admit that you're doing something wrong. It's just, right. it's not always the, the right situation or the right environment or the right, right type of lesson for every single learner. And I, I think I keep going back to what you said about, I, I, I love your, you know, they're writing on their hand or they're writing their desk so that they're all starting from the same spot and not starting the bottom. Um, the best thing about something like that is, is you're leveling the learning playing field. That's something Kim and I talk about a lot in our, our book. That's going to become level the learning, the learning playing field, because every single child has a chance to participate, right? It's no longer right. sit and get where you're saying, who can tell me the sound that M makes, right? Because you're going to have your, your ones that do it every single time that shout it out first. And then no one else had a chance to think about it. Right. And then you're going to have your ones that sit and raise their hand properly that know it, but they don't get the chance because someone else shouted out. And then you're going to have your ones that just don't even participate because they don't know. Or they raise their hand and then you call on them and they're like, <laughs> and they're like, huh? <laughs> I went to the store yesterday with my grandma, right? Yes, <laughs> like one of those. My uncle has an M. <laughs> so I love, I love that you're, you know, the, the inclusion of every single kid and that there's yeah. that purposeful doing, you know, I, yeah. I, you hear me talk about that all the time that your kids learn best when they are doing and they're actively yeah. learning. Um, and, you know, for me, when I was first thinking about these lessons, like way back before I started using them, I thought yawn, like that doesn't sound fun at all, but they like eat it up with a, a like a spoon and fork. They love right. it. They are very engaged. It's very quick. Um, teachers, if you're listening to this, um, I want to say two things. One, you can just use handwriting paper that you've laminated so that they have a front and back. You have lots of room so that you're not spending a lot of time erasing in between lessons. We just move on. Then when it's all done, we erase all at one time. Um, 
and um, keep that in. I had them in their seat sack, um, sacks so that it's right there. We're not, I'm not passing anything out. Um, that was one thing. The other thing I wanted to say when I said that if a student isn't learning, you need to change. And I want to say something. I want to make sure that I am not pointing the finger at teachers for students' failures. Mm-hmm. That's not well, what I intend I'm, to do. Um, I didn't take it that way, and I hope no one else did. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not. Here's what I know. I know everybody's out there working really, really hard, mm-hmm. um, and I'm getting tearful just thinking about how hard it is. Um, but sometimes we can work really hard, um, but if we don't know a better way, we don't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is not the teacher's fault. That's really more of a leadership issue. If the, if you have not been trained in a way that allows you to have a bag of tricks that you can pull out to use, um, that is, it's kind of a leadership issue. It right. should be something that's happening in your district. It should be happening in your building. It should be happening in your grade level teams where you are um, continuing to master your craft, right? Um, and, you know, failure to have that, uh, have an opportunity for you, um, is a, is a failure of the system. Mm-hmm. However, you know, now when we know better, we know that we can, we can do better. So hopefully some of these suggestions that I gave could be something that you pull into your, um, bag of tricks to you. I love it. No. And I, I don't think anyone would have taken it that way because we okay, we've all had that kid, right. That, that we just struggle to reach. We, we all yeah. have, and it is, like I said, it's a tough pill to swallow. You have to admit that. Hey, it's, it's something I need to change and, and yeah. again, not pointing at fingers at any of you. Cause we've both been there. You know, I, right. I told teachers that when I was out presenting last time, I said, I'm not saying any of you are doing this, but I'm going to wholeheartedly admit that I've done it right. Like, right. And, and they all, you could see them all just start nodding their heads. Like they, they were like, yeah, we need to admit it sometimes. Right. Sometimes we just have to step up and say, yeah, we, we got to fix something because of this student. Right. And, and honestly, I, I think if, if you can admit that, then yeah. that, I just think that makes you a better teacher, right? Like if you can right. admit that, you're doing everything in your power, which again, all of you teachers already are. We know that this year, right. 2022, you're doing everything in your power. Let, let's not get that wrong. Um, but I, I think that makes you an even better educator because it proves that you are trying to reach every right. single student at their level of ability. I think back to my uh, last full classroom experience, I'm a caller, Miss C. Miss C was one of those students who worked really, really hard. And I worked really, really hard. And we got to the end of the year And I know that I failed her. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I failed her. She did not have um, the skills necessary to be wholly successful in first grade, right? Not to the point where she needed to be retained, but, you know, she was, she was hanging by her fingernails (laughs) with the knowledge, right? And knowing what I know now, I realized the problem was my instruction, right? Right. And I just don't want to have. I don't want other teachers to have years like that. It's right. not, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. And so um, finding, finding the answer is um, how do we turn into how much phonics do we need into finding the answer? <laughs> Cause it's all, it's all ties together. It all ties, it all together. ties together. I so guess the bottom mentioning... line for how much phonics you need is it depends um, on how, kids. how explicit it is. Mm-hmm. If it's explicit, you can get through 30 minutes and you can be good to go. So you kept mentioning these lessons. I just went to TPT, type in DD Wheels Science of Reading, and there are millions of hits, 78 results to be exact. So where are you pointing teachers when you say the, you keep saying these lessons, maybe it's something they already have, but if not, um, yeah, probably worked. a lot of people, it's not your mother's, it'll have not your mother's site where it's on there. Okay. Um, 
I don't even remember what I have it called now. Isn't that sad? Oh, I see. Not your mother's science of reading decodable readers bundle, science of reading uh -huh, decodable not that one. CDC books, <laughs> basic site based site um, word, science of reading based sight word instruction. Yeah, that's sight it. Word instruction kindergarten, first grade. Yep, that's it. So, so I know to, to speak from from experience, I've used not your mother's sight words before you added the science of reading because you've had it out for a while before this yeah it's been out for two years actually and it's been awesome with my students the little ones i work with in my tutoring program we've we you know we do a daily review of our letter sounds so um and it's easy it's easy to implement because you're already doing it so yeah uh check those out maybe you can put links to specific things you you recommend Didi. not that i'm trying to have you sell your own products here but <laughs> but if yeah. somebody doesn't yeah. have something like you said the teacher you came into she hadn't had the training right now, I'm not saying that, you know, the latest, greatest product is going to train you, but it, it helps. It helped me a ton. You know, when I got not your mother's sight words, it helped me a ton because it gave me, not that I didn't know how to do it already, but it, it almost made me make sure I was doing it right. Because yeah, I knew it's it was like there. a checklist almost. It's a checklist. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people, I want to, I just want to say this one thing. Um, it's probably not one thing, but um, I just want to say this thing <laughs> might be three things. Um, I, I just got, before we hopped on this, I had an email from somebody and we're, we're working out. I'm going to go do some work for the, for them. But anyhow, she said, she watched the last webinar that I did. And she said, what I loved was it was just little tiny tweaks I needed to do. It wasn't something new. Mm -hmm. It was little tiny things that I needed to do in order to make it more effective. And so it wasn't like adding something else. It was right. just a, a little tiny tweak that I needed to do. And um, so hopefully if you have a program that you're using and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't think of bringing another one in. Don't think about that. All I would suggest is to do that application port part where they're writing it, they're hearing it and writing it. That's what I would think. Um, and then seeing it and reading it and then hearing it and writing it. So encoding and decoding. Um, include that drill part of your daily practice um, and you know, make sure you, you bring in that review part of it. That right there is, is like a 10 minute little add-on, but it's high yielding results. Right. It's it, yeah, just doing it every day, making sure it's it's yeah. routine. It really is. It becomes a part of your routine. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that how you worded that there. That, that it it might be more time at the beginning. It might not towards the end because once the kids get in the routine of it, you, you just kind oh, of yeah. go, you go with the flow, yeah. just like teachers do anyway. So, awesome, great ideas, Mrs. Wills. All right. Um, keep up the awesome work, teachers. Dd said it best that we know you all are working your butts off. We we yeah. know that times are tough, and in the world of education is maybe not the happiest world to be in, but. Yeah. And uh, we know that you're not always supported, um, yes. but we support you. <laughs> Remembering your why. Remembering yeah. Your why. All right. Take care, guys. See ya. All right. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Classroom Collaborative Podcast. If you are enjoying these episodes, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you are finding them. And share and rate it so others can find it as well. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.